You're listening to Comedy Central. August 9th, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Matt Deach and Emma Gonzalez are joining us, everybody. We'll be talking to them about their Road for Change tour. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. Whoosh. I'm not a big fan of most of President Trump's policies, but there is one idea that gets me really excited. Space Force. (laughs) And today, Vice President Mike Pence came out to join in on the fun. Now the time has come to write the next great chapter in the history of our armed forces, to prepare for the next battlefield where America's best and bravest will be called to deter and defeat a new generation of threats to our people, to our nation. The time has come to establish the United States Space Force. God damn, this dude is boring. (laughs) When Trump talks about Space Force, he makes it sound like we're gonna be on a rocket riding to the moon, like, Space Force! Riding the down and killing aliens, abandoning the mammon. Mike Pence makes it sound like actual space. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) This is Captain Mike Pence, nothing to report. Yeah, Trump's like, we're gonna go up there and we're gonna have sex with those aliens. (laughs) And Pence is like, there will be no sex with aliens. (laughs) Not until after marriage. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to another frontier, the gender pay gap. It's a problem all over the world and it turns out the problem starts earlier than you think. The New York Times reports on a study that shows daughters do more chores than sons, and that could contribute to gender inequality in pay. Girls do about 45 minutes of housework a day. Boys do about half an hour. Girls are more likely to be paid for cleaning. Boys are more likely to be paid for personal hygiene, like brushing their teeth or taking a shower. (laughs) Now, 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 now look, now look, no, wait, 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 don't boo, vote. I know, I know this doesn't sound fair, but if you've ever smelled a 15-year-old boy, you know that the showering money is totally worth it, okay? Now, not that I smell 15-year-old boys, I've just heard things. I've heard things. But this story just makes me sad, right? Because this means Steve Bannon never got an allowance. (laughs) And finally, finally, We've seen a lot of white women go viral this year. But now, one of them has gone viral for something good. One woman from Rhode Island is a huge fan of Missy Elliott. She even posted a video covering the rapper's song, Work It. This video is so popular, Missy Elliott retweeted it herself. This is my second time exclusive here at Goddard Park. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing now, flip it, and reverse it. 
If that woman doesn't have a record deal by the end of the week, these people are not focused. My only question is, my only question is, what event was that? <laughs> like, was it like a kid's birthday party? And she's just doing raunchy ass rap songs? <laughs> Happy ninth birthday, Dale. My neck, my back, my... All right, let's move on to our top story. It is August, people, when stores start putting up Halloween decorations and Ben Carson starts prepping for hibernation. <laughs> the key is to always be ready. More importantly, August is National Breastfeeding Awareness Month. For women who can't do it, breastfeeding is one of the best ways to nurture an infant. And it's shocking that in 2018, we're still seeing stories like this. A mother breastfeeding her baby inside an Alabama restaurant says the manager told her to cover up. An outraged mother says she was breastfeeding her baby when a VIA bus driver told her to cover up. Sarah Olson said this was how she was sitting and breastfeeding while having dinner at a Subway restaurant inside this Walmart Supercenter. That's when she said a manager at Subway asked her to cover up or breastfeed at the back of the store. He stated that, well, it, if, if it's my legal right, then he can just whip out his penis and pee everywhere. Okay, I'm confused by this guy's reasoning. How is breastfeeding the female equivalent of peeing? <laughs> because peeing is the female equivalent of peeing. That guy knows that women also pee, right? <laughs> to me, it just sounds like that dude just wants an excuse to take his dick out. That's all it sounds like. He uses it for everything. He's like, that car turned right on red. If he can do that, I'm gonna whip my penis out. I'm gonna, I, like, I, I can't do that. Okay, but next time, next time, it's on. And also, can we address that there is a Subway restaurant inside a Walmart? Like, if you ask me, that's the unnatural way to feed someone. That's, that needs to be covered up. And now, breastfeeding, remember this, breastfeeding in public is legally protected in all 50 states. But clearly, yeah, as it should be. But clearly, not everyone knows the law because some people are even calling the popo on the tatas. Major controversy in central Minnesota when the police are called on two moms breastfeeding at a public pool. Stephanie Buchanan and Mary Davis say they were breastfeeding their babies in the kiddie pool when complaints turned into a sour scuffle. A patron at the pool came up to me and uh, told me that I need to cover because her sons were swimming. The city saying a teen staffer at the public pool then politely asked the moms to be more discreet or relocate to another area. When they did not, it created an untenable situation. The employee eventually calling 911. Apparently there's a mother breastfeeding in the shallow end and not being very discreet about it. I like how... I like how the person's complaining that she's doing it in the shallow end, like that's important. <laughs> oh no, not in the shallow end. That is the sacred place of the pool. You can see the bottom there. <laughs> and look, obviously I feel bad for those moms, but I also feel bad for the lifeguard who had to deal with this. Like he's a teenage boy. Telling a woman to put her breast away goes against everything he stands for. <laughs> His brain probably melted down. 
He was probably like a robot that couldn't handle a logic problem. He's like, ma'am, could you please put away your uh, um? Could you put, what am I saying? Who am I? <laughs> Obviously, look, America needs to be educated on this issue. And thankfully, The Daily Show's Desi Lydic and Dulce Sloan have stepped up to the challenge with this helpful public service announcement. Hello, America. It's me, Desi Lydic, mother of one and breastfeeder of three. And I'm Dulce Sloan, and I have titties too. It's come to my attention that the natural and beautiful act of breastfeeding is making some of you uncomfortable, to the point of snitching. Since you're so desperate to cover up mothers and their cute little babies, let's cover up the things that make everyone else uncomfortable. You want women to cover up their baby-eating lunch? Well, guess what? I want to cover up this dude housing buffalo wings. Wings, stop! This couple sitting on the same side of the booth. We get it, you're happy. Ah, the public pool. Too sacred a place for the nourishment of babies, so it's only fitting that we also cover up old dudes in banana hammocks. Mm-mm. And creeps who offer sunscreen rubdowns. We know there's no SPF 69. And let's not forget public transportation. If the worst thing you've seen on a subway is a woman breastfeeding, congratulations. That means you've never been on a car with a woman clipping her toenails. Hey, hey. Hobbit ass put in the bag. Come on. Couples making out on the train. I said we get it. See, there are a lot of disgusting things out there. So I'm sorry if you're grossed out by breastfeeding, but how about you make like a hungry baby and suck it up? Thank you, babies. We'll be right back. This week marked a milestone in civil rights history. The 50th anniversary of Franklin's first appearance in the comic strip, Peanuts. Now, now, it seems like a joke, but the reason this was a landmark is that before Franklin appeared, newspaper comic strips were segregated, right? Black comic strips were always separate, separate from white comic strips. Uh, in fact, if you even tried to put the pages of the newspaper together, the police would just break down your door. <laughs> You'd be like, whoa, and they'd be like, well, 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 we got a troublemaker over here. (laughs) So the character of Franklin was a pretty big deal. And what's really fascinating is his origin story. April 1968, Martin Luther King had been shot and killed. American cities burned in rage. In California, a 42-year-old teacher and mother of three felt helpless. And I remember sitting in suburbia saying, is there anything I can do? Harriet Glickman wanted to reach someone with influence. She wrote to Charles Schultz. His Peanuts comic strip was read by nearly 100 million people each week. Charlie Brown, Lucy, Linus, they were all white. Glickman told Schultz he should integrate. Okay, that was pretty dope of that lady, but uh, yeah, but, but at the same time, also kind of a weird reaction to a tragedy. I mean, Martin Luther King is dead, there's chaos in the streets, and her first reaction is, maybe Charlie Brown can help. (laughs) Like, I wonder if there's some nice suburban lady today going, did you know they're putting kids in cages? We gotta get Garfield on the case. (laughs) Where is he? And the creator of Peanuts, Charles Schultz, he made sure that Franklin's arrival was a statement. His first appearance in the comic strip was at a beach swimming with white kids. 
And that may seem trivial now, but don't forget, for many people in 1968, blacks and whites swimming together was not a normal thing. And this image was seen by 100 million people. Because Peanuts in the 60s had the same kind of cultural dominance as Friends in the 90s, which, unlike Peanuts, never managed to add a full-time black friend. <laughs> For more on this civil rights trailblazer, we turn now to our very own Roy Wood Jr., everybody! <laughs> Roy, no matter who you are, you gotta love Franklin, right? Oh, man, love him? Are you kidding, man? Franklin was a straight-up G. Integrated the shit out of Peanuts. Yeah, and it must have been a pretty big moment for you as a kid when he first appeared in the strip. First appeared? That was in 1968. How old do you think I am? 50... 40? 60? I'm 39, Trevor. 39. Here's the thing. Newspaper Franklin was great. Newspaper Franklin was great. You can't argue that. But when they put him on TV, it was a different story. All of a sudden, they made him a stereotype. You're the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it's all about all talking about the your shoes. We're the team invincible and we're not gonna lose. <laughs> Franklin just do the hokey pokey, Trevor. You're telling me black kids can't put their left foot in and take their left foot out? It looked like Franklin was auditioning for House Party, too. Yeah, but Roy, but Roy, it's, it's still cool to have him in there, even if he had one dance break. It was every time with this kid. Anytime you walk down the street in Peanutsville, you might run into Franklin and his homeboy pop-locking. And even when he's hanging out with his friends, everyone else gets a normal handshake, but no, not Franklin. He got a slap skin. See what I mean? All the other Peanuts are just kids, but Franklin's running around Peanutville like a damn baby shaft. <laughs> he's a tiny, bad mother... Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Franklin. Look... I just don't want him to be the other kid all the time. Even at Thanksgiving. Yeah, they invited him, but look where they put him. <laughs> He's by himself. Even the dog gets to sit with the kids. Watch the dog even at the damn table. It's cool, though, Franklin. Franklin, look, man, Franklin, they did you a favor. You don't want none of that bland-ass white people turkey anyway. <laughs> They ain't putting no sprinkles on it. You know they don't season the food, right? Have, did y'all have Thanksgiving in Africa? Yeah, Roy, anyway, like, I hear what you're saying, but <laughs> I, like, I liked having Franklin on the screen. It, it, I think it's important for kids to be able to see a version of themselves. Okay, cool. So, if that's the case, the cartoon should honor the original revolutionary spirit of Franklin. If you're gonna make him rap, do it right. This is America. Junior, everyone, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guests tonight are helping lead a movement to end gun violence following a mass shooting at their high school in Parkland, Florida. Please welcome March for Our Lives activists Emma Gonzalez and Matt Deitch. <laughs>
Welcome to the show. Hello. So good to have you here. Is that the first thing you're gonna do? Go straight to my water? You're just gonna check if it's water? What if no, we, it's the mug. What I if just... it was just like a fake mug and now you would have exposed the fact that I don't have any real things in my cups? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, you know what's been fascinating for me in watching your journey is that many people get angry when something bad happens in, in their world, not just in America, anywhere. Uh, many people are outraged, many people say something, some people do something, but you continue to work at it to make change. What do you think keeps driving you? I definitely know that um, in the very beginning of all this, we met with a bunch of kids from Chicago, who uh, the Peace Warriors mainly, who we are still friends with today, and they told us about the six principles of nonviolence of Martin Luther King's. And principle number five is, um, no, principle number four is, accept suffering without retaliation for the sake of the cause to achieve the goal. Which means basically, doesn't matter what you face as an individual, the goal is much more important than anybody. Which is kind of the main principle that, you know, we went to see the sit-in counters in North Carolina. And right. that was the methods that were used then. Doesn't matter if somebody hits me, doesn't matter if somebody pours something over my head, try to get me off of this seat. I need to sit here because this is for everybody. And you, you, you have been attacked in multiple ways online. I mean, everyone has accused you of everything from being political puppets all the way through to crisis actors. People have said that your, your emotion is fake. You, you've, you've fought through that, and now you have a movement that has taken you on the road. What is this organization all about? It's all about saving lives, Trevor. It's, uh, it's all about creating coalitions throughout different communities around this country so that we can come together and create a united front for change. Uh, this is way more than just Parkland. This is about the communities around this country that suffer from day-to-day -day gun violence and gun violence in many different forms. Uh, so every single day on this tour, we've traveled 70-something uh, stops now. And every single place we go, we hear a new story of someone lost in a different form of gun violence. And so it's about fighting for all of them right. before it's too late. And the main thing you're trying to do is get young people to register to vote. Mm -hmm. And actually show up for them. And vote. actually show up. Like, th that's an important part. Why, why is that the key to what you're doing? Because, I mean, people say, like, register to vote. But you're going, like, no, we want you to show up. Why is there a difference? Because people say, my vote doesn't count. So if somebody's in your face saying, register to vote, you can say, ah, oh, sure. But nobody's going to go up to you the day of the polls and say, get out there and vote. You know, like there's, we're going to try to do offers of ride sharing and stuff like that. Right. Or, you know, we encourage people to say, like, you know, try to carpool everybody that you know and try to get everybody at the polls at the same time to right. offer the transportation to those who don't have it. But if, you know, if, if a million people say my vote doesn't count, that's a million votes that could have either swung a district or made an impact. You know, in the Ohio special election, it was under 2,000 votes that, like, was the difference between the two people. Right. Like, your vote really, really does count. What if it had been one vote? Right. That person's one vote would have made the difference. Right. We, we saw a story where in one election it was, had to be decided by basically a coin flip. And mm -hmm. it, it's starting to show you that elections are getting closer and closer. People's votes are counting more than they ever thought before. Young people in particular haven't been uh, good at turning up when it comes to the midterms. In this election, it feels different. We're seeing research that says more and more people are registering, more and more people who are young are inclined to vote. Do you feel like gun violence and mass shootings are a big driving factor in this? Well, young people are more educated now than they've ever been before. And young people turn out at a rate about one in five. If young people turn out in a rate of two out of five, they can swing any election that they turn out in. And so that's what it's really about, is about showing that young people, if you can just convince one person in your proximity that to vote that wasn't planning on voting, you can swing this election. Right. And actually obtain morally just leaders. Because right now, Congress does not reflect the wants and needs of the American people.
when, when it comes to gun issues, one thing I've noticed repeatedly is how uh, you will be asked questions that many people in Congress don't get asked or aren't even, aren't even expected to know the answers to. Uh, you have had to, I think, immerse yourself in policy more than many politicians have in a strange way. But what are you hoping will be achieved by people voting? What are you hoping some of the changes will be when it comes to gun reform in America? Well, when something like universal background checks is supported by over 95% of the American public and the Speaker of the House refuses to introduce a bill to be voted on, uh, that is what we want to see change. We want right. these policies that are uh, being supported with a supermajority in this country, like universal background checks, digitizing the ATF, disarming domestic abusers, uh, violence prevention programs, and our, the rest of our policies are on our website, right. marchforourlives.com, how we save lives. But, uh, it's mostly just about getting these policies that have nothing to do uh, with the Second Amendment and just have uh, a basis in saving lives right. that are supported by uh, the general public. These all poll above 65% with the general public, yet Congress decides to do absolutely nothing. And, and you've, been, you've been hosting town halls. You've been meeting with people. You've, you've hosted more town halls than I think some people in Congress may have actually hosted. 150 congressmen have not had a town hall in the last two years. Wow. So, you're out there. You're meeting with people who don't always agree with you. What do you find are the things they agree with you on? And is there something that you find in some way shifts a person's perspective? Or is there some way that they've shift your perspective, shifted your perspective when you engage with people you don't agree with? Usually when people come up to us and say, I don't like what you stand for. They think that we are trying to take guns out of America or that we are against the Second Amendment. That's not true. We are a pro-Second Amendment organization. We want safety around guns. Right. People who are law-abiding citizens and are worried about getting their guns taken away, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you have nothing to worry about. We're talking about the people who are not law-abiding citizens. Right. If you're that conscious about it, you should understand, you, you obviously do understand that guns are something that need to be held with respect and responsibility. With great power comes with great responsibility. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but, like, but like, that's true, and everybody needs to hold that in their hearts and in their minds, and there are a lot of people who don't, and we're just trying to catch everybody up to that thought right. process. And, 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 and when, when people say to you, oh, you kids are out there, you, you're trying to take the guns away, uh, some people will say to you, like, oh, do, like, you, you're trying to change what America stands for. What do you find changes them when you speak to them as a person? Like, is, is there a moment where they go, like, oh, I, I see what you're saying? Or do you find sometimes you just have to say, we agree to disagree? Uh, we just bring them into the reality of what's going on in this country. A lot of them choose to ignore what's actually going on in communities even really near theirs. Uh, we'll be in Wisconsin, and they won't understand the day-to-day -day gun violence that happens in Milwaukee when they're in Janesville. And that is heartbreaking to us because we need to really love our neighbors. We need to come together community by community and actually stand for each and every life that we're losing every right. day. And so when... Uh, I didn't understand. <laughs> uh, so a lot of these people don't actually understand what's happening day to day. A toddler picks up a gun and shoots themselves or someone once a week for the last three years in this country. And with something like safe storage laws or mandatory trigger locks or even like a bike lock on a gun trigger could save countless lives in this country. And that is just common sense. Right. It makes perfect sense for someone to say, oh yeah, I should report if my gun is stolen. But in Texas where more guns are stolen than anywhere else in the country, that's not a law. You don't have to do that. But if you steal alcohol from a parent, it could be a felony. It's child endangerment. But we call it an accidental shooting. There are no accidental shootings. It's negligence. Let's, um, 
Let's talk about the shirts that you're wearing. All right, clearly you didn't talk about it before you left the house. You're wearing the same thing. Um, you're not just talking, you're doing. You're not just doing, you're helping others do. Getting people out to vote always seems tedious. Your shirts have a purpose. Tell me about them. The QR code, if you scan it with your camera, very simple, don't even need an app. It will get you registered to vote in under two minutes. So if we, can, we, can we zoom in on that right now? So if you're watching this at home, yeah, if you're watching this at home right now and you zoom in, like, you, you can take a picture of this right now on your phone and you can join this movement. You can register to vote. You can get out there. You can have your voice heard. You don't even have to agree with us in policy. You can just, just get vote. registered to vote yeah, and get out there right. and vote. And... I like that. So uh, it's, like, going to be, like, over 100 dates. How do you go back to your normal lives? Like, like you, you guys know you have the right to be kids as well, right? Like, there, when, what, there, what, like, what do you go back to after this? There, there is no normality in this country right now. And so having to understand that, uh, we need to continue building these coalitions with people and continue educating people what's going on day to day because not a day has passed on this tour where we haven't heard a new name, a new story. We haven't seen a day go by where a new, a new news story of someone else shot and killed, another young person shot and killed in this country happens. This doesn't happen anywhere else except America. Right. And it is up to us as Americans to actually stand up and fight for each other. And so there is no normality until we can continue to come together and actually change this. So I know you want us to be kids, but uh, we have more important things to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being on the show. To learn more about the movement, go to marchforourlives.com. Emma Gonzalez, Matt Dutch, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.